Spider-Man Crawl Space podcast is sponsored by MailOrderComics.com. They're an online leader in comic book subscriptions, and they're easy on the wallet, and they have some great discounts. Those range from 38 up to 75% of the cover price of new comics. Now, a special they have this month is Secret Invasion, number three. The cover price is $4. Mail order has it for 2 bucks and 39 cents. So you can get your scroll fix with MailOrderComics.com. Welcome back, Webheads, to our second show of April. I think we might even have four this month, so you're in for a treat, or or not, if you're not a fan. I'm your host and webmaster, Brad Douglas, and we have the regular gang back, and it, no, it's a celebrity list, unless you consider JR a celebrity. Let's introduce uh, who we have on the line. We've got uh, Morbius, from uh, he's administrator on the Crawl Space Message Board. Morb, Welcome. Thank you. Good to be on our first live show ever. Our live show. And we've got uh, Spidey Dude from Spidey Kicks Butts. Or Spidey... No, he, he didn't merge. He's Spidey Dude from <laughs> SpideyDude.com. I apologize. I'm getting my Spider-Man websites mixed up. <laughs> Welcome, yeah, Spidey well, Dude. Well, it, it's it's good to be here. I and mean, if, if I actually had Spidey Kicks Butt, I'm actually had some traffic. So uh, <laughs> It's just you and your mom surfing it. big square that says, coming soon. Yeah, no doubt. It's been coming soon for two years. But hey, that's, that's cool. At least you don't have the little construction guy digging a hole, that little animated gif that people often <laughs> under construction. I, I, have that. <laughs> I know, you made it. Uh, and also, from SpideyKicksButt.com, JR is on the line. Welcome, JR. Hello, everyone. And JR is somewhat of a celebrity, it seems. They're talking about you on Newsarama and ComicBookResources.com about your new article you put up about uh, Brand New Day, huh? Yeah, and I, I learned that I was a uh, let's see, I was a bitter forty year old and a and a and a, and a whiny fan man. Well, they so, could. Uh, well, that's what, a couple things. That's what you call yourself every month. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was about to say my wife has called me worse. I mean, if anybody expected me to be offended, I mean, uh, <laughs> they need to try a little bit harder. Uh, but so, uh, no, you know what's nice though? They're talking about your articles at least for the first page or two, and then they go off on their little diatribe about why they hate the hate the story but there i think you're getting a lot more traffic i would imagine well uh the uh the uh brand new day interview was the our interview i'm sorry the uh, essay was the most uh hit uh on the on the first day it was the most popular on the first day of any essay i've ever written and i think it was also the most popular on the second day yeah. uh beating the uh, the dark side of the spot Spider. The Venom was the original record holder, and right. uh, then it was okay. It was Venom. Then it was one more day, and then it's brand new day. So I've been, I've been setting some records here in this light these last six months. So uh, and you were yeah, thinking I about I'll have to. Yeah, you're thinking about hanging up the cape. Uh yeah, I was thinking that ten years was enough. Uh, yeah. I really had considered it, but uh, I guess at this point in time, uh, you know, unless. You know, as long as my personal life cooperates, uh, yeah. I guess at least for the moment, I keep it going until I'm fifty. There you go. And I, I, they are. I mean, and, you know what this means is you get more traffic when you name drop me a little bit. That's, <laughs> that's true. I noticed that's that. absolutely true. More that's true. <laughs> every, everybody, everybody could relate to Peter being the stupid, uh, creepy, stupid loser. That was the. Uh, that was too good of a line to pass up because it was it was actually true and I I think we'll be getting I don't want to say more because I think we'll be discussing why he's a uh, why I think he's still a stupid creepy loser in the freak storyline yeah. but uh but uh, yeah it was appropriate there you go so I gave credit oh, where I it was due <laughs> well I uh, get that leads into our first topic uh we're going to discuss uh month 3 uh Bob Gale has the reins and he introduced the freak storyline and 
Peter is taking up the nose shots of, uh, oh, what's the senator running, or the mayor? Bill Hollister. Bill Hollister. So, uh, who wants to hit it first? Spidey Dude, I don't think we've gone to you first in a while. Let's go to you. What do you think of the storyline? I was underwhelmed. <laughs> you know, I expect so much. Uh, no, I really was. It, yeah. It's, it's and I say that with with the, a lamenting tone, but you know, I I was like, hey, this is the guy that wrote Back to the Fucking Future. This guy's gonna be a great writer, right? No, this is a terrible story. The artwork was what semi saved it, and even then, Spidey's alien head, which I well, wasn't as bad as Casado's, but it still was an alien head to me. Uh. That kind of was terrible. Uh, I really, I just, I was completely underwhelmed. I, I, I thought, I felt like it was just, it was blah. It wasn't. It, there was no. I wasn't excited about it. I had, you know, you had, you had, you had, uh, well, what's uh, slot who did a pretty fairly good job of introducing this universe. Then you had Guggenheim that really got the meat, the potatoes of it, and really actually had a lot of fun with it. Right. And then you got. Uh, Bob Gale and he just completely dropped the ball. I, I I felt like it it was just a very underwhelmed story. You know, the only good thing was that we were seeing Kurt Connors, but you know, last time we saw Kurt Connors, he was in jail, I believe, and and yeah. now he's suddenly a free man. And, and I guess that's another part of the Mephisto mind wipe that it was never going to be explained. Yeah. Uh, I just felt like they could he could have done a lot better, and the freak villain was very uninteresting. It, he just he had no real motivation other than getting high, and he blamed Spider-Man, and it just was generic, bland garbage. Yeah. And if this is the type of this is the type of story that we're going to get with with Brand New Day, then then it's going to be a, a, a monumental failure. Yeah. And I think with them bringing in other writers, it kind of sh- it's kind of a a writing on the wall, so to speak. Yeah, he may be part of the brain trust, but I don't think he's going to be writing very many more issues. That's why his all his issues are going to come probably come out pretty close together yeah so i always like to give a grade for it what would your grade for those three issues be i give it a d yeah i give it an f for writing and and a and a and a a d for for art yeah i i i felt like the art could have been stronger the only the only thing that i actually liked about about these issues was was the when he completely took over the whole issue i kind of was amused by some of the comments and by the letters page that that amused me but yeah I just I felt like it was completely. He's coming off a little bit, pomp, a little pompous. I thought on the news on the uh, letters page, you know, or oh. or, the, or or that first page where he said Wacker's not looking or something like that. I'm not sure. Oh yeah, but I thought it was kind of cute. I don't know. Yeah, it just kind of it made me kind of chuckle a little bit. Yeah, and I thought, oh god, this is going to be even worse than it already is. But right. it was okay. And I I really thought okay the first two issues were the first issue was terrible the second issue was okay I thought the third issue is going to have to save it and it didn't. Right. And you know, and, and to kind of spoil for next month, you know, it kind of makes you believe it's going to go into the second, the next arc, the 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 uh, Zeb Wells arc. Yeah. It really doesn't. Uh, mm. So though, for those of you that were that are on mail order that are waiting for your books, it does not really come into the the Zeb Wells arc. And huh. Zeb Wells arc will stand by itself. Well, more. What did you think of the three issues? Well, for anybody that listens to this podcast regularly and knows my opinions, you'll know what it means when I say this was worse than Breakout. <laughs> really? Wow. Yes. That Breakout. Bad. That bad? 
Yeah, Breakout until now was the worst Spider-Man story I've ever read, but the problem with that was so much that it wasn't even a Spider-Man story. It was billed as a Spider-Man miniseries, and it was about these uninteresting villains, and that was its big failure. Mm -hmm. But this story was ostensibly actually about Spider-Man. Now, what Spider-Man we're getting, eh, that's a different question, but we're getting a Spider-Man story here. We don't have the excuse to fall back on that, well, it wasn't about what I thought it was going to be about, and the thing it was about wasn't very good. We're following creepy, stupid loser Spider-Man, and he is oh so badly written that it's painful. And then you have this villain, this freak, who I'll admit I went in thinking the idea just didn't sound very good. And when I read Bob Gale's little backup in the first issue of Brand New Day, it licked balls. (laughs) So... I didn't have high expectations coming into this. Like, Put that on a fortune it. cookie. <laughs> Lick balls. Lick balls. <laughs> yeah, so I pretty much expected this wasn't going to be all that good, because I've read a Gale arc before in uh, the early issues of Daredevil Volume 2. He did a six-issue arc that I think I mentioned before when they right. announced Gale. And that was just crushingly mediocre. Yeah. It wasn't, you know, terrible, it wasn't awful comics, it was just really, really mediocre. This has taken a total dive from mediocre all the way down to crap. <laughs> I mean, Freak himself, I don't know who cleared this idea. We're supposed to, they actually mention several times within the pages in the terrible editorial style that takes you out of the comic. <laughs> well, this is our all-ages comic, and, you know, we want to do this because it's an all-ages comic. And, and yet we have this villain who, for no reason at all, vomits out all his internal organs on the page. And then climbs inside his internal organs into this cocoon looks like basically somebody had way too many chili dogs in New York and threw up all over the buildings. <laughs> And then he bursts out looking just freaking grotesque and yep. ugly. Hence and the name. Now, yeah. We're making this villain, so he's getting stronger and stronger and more and more impervious. So we can't just be rid of a stupid villain in one arc and forget about him. He has to keep coming the fuck back. And we're never going to be rid of the asshole because <laughs> he's just going to keep being impervious to whatever killed him the last time. Kind of like Moreland from the uh, JMS storyline. Well, I will give you that at least this one has an explanation for why he keeps uh, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Gale is the guy that in all these interviews has this utter contempt for comic book fans. He's the guy that talks about, you know, some little geeks are going to be trying to figure things out in a bubble and, you know, get out of your mother's basement, you little fanboy prick. Mm. <laughs> it really, really comes across in his writing how little respect he has for the people that are reading it, because he's just talking so far down to you, and pandering so far down, and talking about, you know, this is an all-ages thing, and basically saying anybody over the age of 12 should pretty much just leave now, because I don't want anybody reading this who can see through how bad my writing is, and how I haven't been able to write since Back to the Future number one. (laughs) This was just bad, 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 bad comics. The only reason I read through all three issues was because I knew I was going to have to review it for this podcast. Usually, 
it's enough that I paid money for something, and on principle I'll read it, but this one I actually put down an issue and a half through because I couldn't read anymore. <laughs> but I read some good comics. Yeah. And only so, came back at the end of my comic pile because I knew I was going to have to talk about it. Right. This was awful. Grade of F, wow. total of failure. Uh, grade of F for the uh, the writing. What about the artwork? I'm going to give it an overall F. Okay. Um, <laughs> because a big part, the art, A, didn't save it. Mm-hmm. Um, which the art's going to have to be great <laughs> to really make up for how bad this story was. But the art also... I guess played into how bad it was. You know, all the freak art looked bad. You know, I think part of it was the artist's decision, the gross panels with spewing out his organs. Mm-hmm. And I was never a big McNiven fan before Brand New Day came along, but the actual problem we're running into now is that McNiven set the bar so high when he created a lot of these supporting characters that what we're seeing now just doesn't cut it. I really thought Harry looked very bad in these issues. Yeah. It wasn't terrible art. I like Jimenez overall, but this just doesn't seem to be the right fit for him. I think maybe pre-Brand New Day he might have been a good artist for it, but the stuff he's drawing now just isn't doing it for me. Spidey if did what was... alone, I would give it a grade of probably C. But it oh, okay. it didn't contribute to saving the arc at all, so the arc itself gets an F. Spidey, do what was your grade on the... The writing was a D. What was the artwork? You know, I, I give the artwork. I, I said I said a D initially, but now that one other thing about it, I, I think it was it was a B. The artwork, yeah. Yeah, I I do agree with Kevin in that. Uh, AK Morbius. AK Morbius. Yeah. Sorry. You have another name, folks. Once in a while. Uh, <laughs> it's not on the driver's license, Morbius. <laughs> no, no, it's not. But uh, you know, I, I agree with Morb that, that the art bar was set so high that you know, I mean, if you had. McNiven doing all the artwork for every, and I th- I felt like the first or, the first book on the McNiven b- book was the strongest and the weakest was the third one. Okay. So, but I I felt like with the exception, I mean the the detail that Jimenez put into the uh, the overall pouring out of the story, I felt was very good. That being said, there was a couple of panels where I was just going, that doesn't look good. And and overall, the grotesque part I think he handled very well. Mm-hmm. With with uh, with this terrible character, yeah, he was basically said, okay, making the most grotesque looking thing ever. But I feel like if he had done a different story, I think we would have probably be talking more about Jimenez's art. I know, can agree with that. Praising it. So, uh, uh, what'd you say? A so B, a C. A, yeah, B, B. A B on artwork, an, a D on story. Okay, Jr. What you you got the floor? What do you what do you think? Well, um, I'm in the minority opinion on this one because I th- I still think that Dan Slott's initial arc was the worst of the three, simply because there was without going into my bams again. Uh, <laughs> I liked be- your bams. Simply, <laughs> yeah, simply because well, it works once and then uh, they've got to be retired for a while. <laughs> but uh, because you know, basically they hit us over the head with too many of the concepts and the cliches. But uh, but this one was pretty bad. I especially didn't care for Peter now. Instead of being a photographer, now he's a paparazzi. Um, I mean, and th- this is where I was. I, this is where I kind of got some flack, and I think on one of the on the, one of the message boards, uh, because I complained about him climbing up the tree and, ca- and taking pictures of a private funeral. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's what paparazzi do. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was a pri- it was a private funeral, 
you know, and uh, he's told to go get pictures, so he climbs up a tree and hides in the tree and takes pictures. I mean, that's what that's what these people do. Yeah. Uh, they have no respect for for anybody's uh, for anybody's privacy. And uh, not only that, but then he goes and like a little lap dog, he goes and takes unflattering shots of. Uh, the the Bill Hollister character because uh, Dexter Bennett doesn't support uh, or supports the uh, the opponent and Peter has always had he, 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 his ethics have been flexible I mean for example he after all he did fake the fact that he and Spider Man or he and Electro were the same that one time many years ago so he has had flexible ethics from time to time but really I, I just think that this was this was beyond I mean I, I, I it, no matter how desperate for money he was I don't think he would have done this uh, and uh, I just thought that was very very poor handling of the character uh, I agree with everyone I didn't care for Freak. Uh, to me, he seems like a ripoff of a character uh, who appeared in. A, I don't know if you're familiar with George R. R. Miller's uh, book series called Wild Cards. No. Uh, but there's a character very similar to that. He's not a drug addict, but basically, and he doesn't vomit his guts. But uh, <laughs> basically, he he, uh, he he goes into a chrysalis every now and then and comes out as a different creature. Mm. Um, there just was nothing. I, I did kind of. Like the fact, though, that he was still a drug addict, even though he was a monster. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was because I found his motivations. I mean, pretty typical for a drug for a drug addict. I mean, it was getting the next fix. He's he's not out to conquer the world. He's not out to uh, steal a lot of money and uh, or create a name for himself. He just wants his like a lot of other well, like a lot of other slimy, loathsome punks, and that's what he is. He's a punk, uh, whether he's a super powered punk or not. He's just after his fix. But no, overall, it was it was a bad bad story. Very poor characterization of Peter Parker. And uh, like uh, you know, I like I, I if this is what they rebooted for, <laughs> then, then it was a waste of time. I mean, if this is the type of story that they they were desperate to tell with a single Peter Parker that they didn't feel they could tell earlier. And so they were willing to upend his entire universe. Uh, boy, I don't know how much more of this I can take then. Uh, what would your grade be for the writing and the art? What do you like? What it'd, do you be, it'd be a C minus. On both? Well, the art would be a B. Yeah. But uh, the overall would be a C minus. Right. Well, let me give you my take on it. I was uh, got my monthly box where I get my three issues together, and I open up 552, and I'm reading, blah, blah, blah. And then, this is probably didn't happen to anybody else, but a page fell out right into my lap. So that was a strike one. <laughs> I got that, too. Did, you, did that happen to you, too? Yeah, the, exactly. I think it was 552. The middle page was not stapled at all. Exactly. It happened It happened to me as well. Holy cow. It, it must have <laughs> really a mail order thing because I didn't have that problem. Well, it's pr- well, mail order doesn't print the comics. <laughs> well, like, but it was like all, all the books that mail order got. Oh, wow. That's crazy. They said, oh, and you to the mail order people because they know they're us. <laughs> well, <laughs> Somebody's been listening to the podcast. Yeah. Well, did, did you know... Uh, did you know that uh, I don't know if you guys are going to get this with your if you guys are getting Amazing Spider Girl the latest issue with Aranya, but the numbering on the cover is actually a misprint. Yeah, it's it's an issue behind or something, right? No, it's two issues behind. Two issues behind. Okay, yeah, it's seventeen. It's supposed to be nineteen. So what that's it, a nice little pointers item. Well, anyway, my my middle page fell out and mail order. Guys, email mail order. They'll send you a new copy. They're going to do that for me, too. Anyway, that that was just a strike. I mean, that's nothing on the writer. That's the printing problem. But um, I, I would give the overall arc a C-. JR, is that what you gave it? 
Uh, yes, yes, okay. it I'm, is. I'm pretty much – I agree with JR. I mean, it's definitely a step down from Slot and um, Guggenheim. I thought both of those were really good. I'm uh, disagreeing with uh, JR about that. But uh, I just didn't like Freak. I mean, I, I like that he's a drug addict, and, and I haven't seen a guy this hooked on drugs in a Spider-Man comic book in a long time. And I'm in Missouri, and that's the meth capital of the world. So I, I know – No, 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 no. My what? hometown in Texas is the map. Te- is te- well, we're number two. Okay. <laughs> the Show Me State's number two, and and um, I just and you say that with such pride. No, too. I, I I say it because I've had to cover the best story so many times as a reporter. And, uh, get, well, get and, old. and I got friends that are in the news business down here. Oh, I thought you were going to say I got friends that are hooked on meth. <laughs> no, I actually did have some. <laughs> I did have some family members that went to rehab because of it. But, oh wow. Yeah, yeah, but I don't like meth. Just, so. just freak does. Freak seems like a Wolverine villain, like a grittier villain than Spider-Man's used to having. He's he's used to guys fly, flying around in gliders. He's got uh, guys with arms, drooling villains with long tongues. I mean, he doesn't do meth addicts. He doesn't. That, that's a Punisher villain, Wolverine villain. I, I just didn't didn't care for it. Granted, he made him a Spider-Man villain by getting a little bit of lizard in him, but I just didn't dig it. And and. Uh, as far as the artwork, um, it seems like a throwback to the 90s a little bit, a little Rob Liefeld style that I'm just not really – I would give that a B minus C plus on the artwork. Just not a fan. I, I actually like the variant cover on issue 552 where Spider-Man's upside down uh, with, the, with the camera taking a picture of Freak. I think that uh, cover is better than uh, Jimenez's cover, you know, where he's just jumping at you. Well, so. in, in, in the thing that also frustrates me about this brand new day stuff is that they're putting all this all this text on the on the cover, which is, you know, was refreshing for the first couple of times, but mm-hmm. now it's just getting to the point of absurdity. Yeah. You know, and, I'm and, just like, look, this okay, you know, you do it to make it special. Yeah. You know, because we had had so many generic crap covers forever. Well, they they put the they put the initiative on the cover for a long time on specific issues. Hopefully, they use that to sell it. I guess I don't know. But uh, what else was I going to say? There was one uh, one item in the three issues that I really liked, and I'm tired of uh, Bennett getting people's names wrong. But I liked how Peter used that to Betty's advantage. I liked how Betty kissed him on the cheek. I thought that was kind of neat, and he got her the crime beat for that. Did you guys like that scene? Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't be too upset if he hooked up with Betty again. But, yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah. Other than that, though, I think that I agree with you. I think the Bennett getting the names wrong is it, it's old. <laughs> it's like move on to the next and, joke. And something you said last month, Jr. That's getting old is the web shooter gag. I, I wasn't too fed up with it, but this month. Not only can he not use his web shooters, but he, his formula is too thick. He can't shoot it out of the web shooters. So it's every month the web shooters are broke. I don't remember that ever happening. Well, yeah, and, and here and here's the thing. It's like they sat down when they were doing their, their initial discussions, and Wacker's like, okay. It's like he throws a little piece of paper, web shooters on the table. Mm-hmm. What can go wrong? Yeah. It's kind of like the brain trust was saying, okay, I got, oh, we'll make it to where it's so gummy it can't come out. Yeah. You know, now... I mean that's that's a three month old joke. Yeah, well, and it, yeah, I was sick of it by the end of the first arc, personally. Yeah. Well, and here's the thing: if this had been a normal paced set of issues, we would have been already a year. It had already been a year before we'd actually, you know, every single yeah. month for a whole year. If we they came out just monthly as opposed to tri weekly. Yeah. 
Uh, uh, so, oh, go ahead. I'm old. sorry. Yeah, I agree. It's just old. Another thing that's bothering me is um, it, we're we're not following up month by month. I mean, we've had uh, three times nine. We've had nine issues in the brand new day arc. And with the exception of the first three, which was Slot's story, we haven't heard much about Mr. Negative. Is that because it's Dan Slot's villain? That was the one I found most interesting. And, J.R., you said he's one of your favorites so far. Yes, yes, and, I did. And, I mean, we haven't heard anything about him. Are we going to have to wait uh, when it cycles through to Slot to get anything about Negative? Uh, I think you're right. I mean, I think it will. I think they've become uh, the uh, samruby.com. I think mm-hmm. he called them proprietary characters. Mm. I think that's what we're seeing, that mm-hmm. some writers, they've developed their characters, and that those are the ones they're going to use, and then somebody else is going to use others, and uh, mm-hmm. I think you're right. So if and, and the problem with Mr. Negative is that that's following through with other people, because Guggenheim's next thing, from what I hear, he's bringing back Menace. Bob Gale's bringing back Freak right away, yet Slot's next thing, he's doing two totally new villains and still no mention of Mr. Negative. Well, I, yeah. I think I think we're going to hopefully see, and I trust Slot because he's he's done so well on initiative. Spidey, uh, dude, step up to the mic a little bit. You're a little... You're how, just, how about there, there, there you are. There you are. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, I feel like uh, the initiative he's done so well on, and he's done so well building this stuff up to where we're seeing the, what the current arc's going through right now with with uh, MVP or whatever you want to fucking call him now. <laughs> uh, um, KIA, I'm sorry. Uh, so I think you know, hopefully, uh, I, like I tell everybody, like I said, I was I'm ready for more organic, fluid storytelling because right now there's they're basically said okay. From now until, I guess, April, the end of this month, you're going to have three issues to tell your story. Mm-hmm. Next go around in May, we're going to have a, a, a single issue by, by by Bob Gale, and then we're going to have the start of two issues with with uh, with slot. slot. Yeah, and I I'm, I'm I'm thinking that once we get past this this limitations of three, you have to do three books. Bam, 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 bam. Then we're going to have more fluid storytelling, and that's what I'm more. That's what I'm really more anticipating is that yeah. there's going to be, you know, the, yeah, we're going to have the rotating creative teams, but I think it's going to be a more fluid, more interconnected story. I, I guess and, you know, if we if we interview Wacker again, I, I think yeah. we should. I think we should call him out on it. I think it would yeah. be very good if we got to see Mister Negative, and got to see Menace, and it just building and growing. And I think that's what their their aim is, but they're just poorly executing it right now. I guess that that pretty much sums it up. I mean, that's that's pretty much. My complaint is the choppiness of it. It's three, three, three. It's not Amazing Spider-Man through. I mean, it's choppy, choppy, choppy. <laughs> and I, I want to... Oh, choppy, choppy, choppy. I also want to know about more about Jackpot. Jackpot wasn't in the last three issues. I mean... And she's not going to be in the next two. See? That just... Jerry, do you, you, you agree? Is it choppy for you? Uh, well, actually, uh, that hasn't bothered me that much. Okay. Uh, no, it, it 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 hasn't bothered me that much. I mean, I guess because I'm used to you know we're used to reading three issues a month with uh, different uh, takes on the on them anyway. So uh, no. Okay. I would give it. I already gave it. I gave it a, a B minus for art and a C minus for writing. So that's my take. All right, gang. Anything else you want to say about those three issues? And we'll move on to the great debate of 08. So you guys ready? Yeah. yeah. Okay, basically, as someone puts their beer can down, <laughs> I just heard that. In the background. 
That was me. Oh, that was me. I think you're going to lose on the debate if you're half drunk. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, he, he's, he's just getting lubed up. Uh, that's what's happening. Uh, he was reading some clone saga shots. <laughs> anyway, basically, this is how it's going to go down. We have the pro on Spider-Girl. We're going to debate Spider-Girl. It's going to be uh, Spidey-Dude is on the pro side. Uh, he loves Spider-Girl, he loves the Clone Saga, etc. And we have Morbius on the con sign. He's not that big a fan of the book, and the two guys are going to debate it. I'll be your moderator, I'll kind of throw some questions in and, and time it a little bit. And JR, uh, JR, what's your role? <laughs> My role is just to sit and listen. Okay. <laughs> Actually, JR is going to help me decide the winner. We're going to pick a winner on this thing. And you know what, if JR Quote, disagrees and I disagree, we might have two winners, I don't know. But anyway, uh, let's start it off. Uh, each person gets a minute uh, to talk uh, about their point of view. So uh, let's go. JR, who do you want to go first? <laughs> uh, let's go alphabetical. Uh, Morbius. Okay, there you go. Morbius, <laughs> Morbius, you have a minute to pitch your side. All right. Um, it's not... First of all, that I hate the book. I do not hate the book. I've, and I'll also preface with the fact that I've read the trade of the first eight issues of Spider-Girl, and I've read all the issues of Amazing Spider-Girl thus far. So that's my background with it. Um, I ended up dropping the book with my current mail order, comics order, dropping it at this arc, and there's really several reasons for that. It's People will call it a fun book. They say if you want to read a nice, fun book, then read this book. But I believe a fun book also has to have uh, the proper, matured character development and matured themes and focus on character uh, to really make me care. 30 seconds. Stick around. 30 seconds. <laughs> so, <laughs> if I was a politician, I could get more just by talking over you. Yeah, I just want to say You that. can ask for an additional um, 30 seconds, but that's all I'm giving you. <laughs> <laughs> so I uh four points that I wrote down that I'll expand on in the actual debate are A bad teenage dialogue. Tom DeFalco is I'm sorry, an old man and he does not write teenagers very well. He throws in cliched phrases uh that really take you out of the story. There's an undeveloped supporting cast, all these classmates she has, maybe they were developed through the issues of the original I didn't read, but he beats you over the head with everything that's happened in the book thus far, every issue. So if he's not beating me over the head with who these characters are and why I should care, then I feel like I shouldn't. Three, he has a habit of leaning on the crutch of repeating the same phrases over and over, such as the title of the first arc of Amazing, uh, Whatever Happened to the Daughter of Spider-Man, keeps on getting repeated, and that gets annoying. And four is something that he's actually shed by now, but almost kept me from reading on with the original volume, the terrible rookie mistake of making second-person narration with calling her you in the narration. Yeah. So I can expand on those later, but that is basically my stance. Spidey Dude, you got two minutes. Morb took two. You, you take two. Okay. Um, I will agree that he does lean on the uh, teenage dialogue a little too heavy. He's not Bendis, and I don't even think Bendis really writes teenagers that well, even though everybody says he writes teenagers that well, because I'll tell you right now, I was reading an issue of Ultimate Spider-Man, I was like, I did not talk like this at all. <laughs> um, I will I will agree with you on that particular point. The fun factor, it's just, I, it was, it's so refreshing for this book to have, it's a, such a different feel, 
as opposed to what we had had with JMS. And, I, and don't don't get get me wrong, I appreciated what JMS has done now that his arc is over and how you know how terribly he got the screw job <laughs> on uh, one more day. Uh, and I you know I've gone back and read my my JMS issues and I've appreciated it more. And I was kind of surprised when when you said you were gonna that you were picking up the book because I, I it didn't feel. You'd always describe yourself as you wanted a more mature themed book, and it 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 really I kind of view it more as, as a gateway book. It's it's it's, it's like a gateway drug or something, but uh, it's a gateway book. It's, it's supposed to have that classic feel, and, and DeFalco tries to capture that feel so much. And in a lot of a lot of what you see with Mayday, yes, he actually uh, said he got it inspired by his niece. So, uh, you know, I I agree with you. On the on the teenage dog, it's it's pretty bad, and and the cliches and the rookie mistakes. Thirty uh, seconds. The rookie mistake. It, he actually changed. I mean, if you notice he, between the two volumes, he did change the style of narration because I did put people off, mm-hmm. and I I like the narration more in the second volume as opposed to the first. Uh, but I, I yeah I I just it, the, the artwork the overall feel it just feels right to me. It feels like it's a continuation of the continuity that we've seen in DeFalco's run and in the Clone Saga, and it really okay. actually is a natural progression. Okay. Um, I guess my next question is to you guys. I'll throw it out there. Why does the book sell so poorly? Morb, you want to take it? Uh, yeah. Um, I think the book sells poorly probably for the same reason that I'm dropping it, in that there are so many titles out there right now that you can really get into and have to read every month. Titles like Captain America and Green Lantern that have this ongoing mythology uh, that really surrounds the whole thing. It's this ongoing story. It's this epic that you have to keep reading, and yet it takes a lot of time to invest you in the characters, so you just as much want to keep reading about these characters and who they are, whereas Spider-Girl seems like it takes too much effort and too much nostalgia in trying to be an early 90s comic. And it, a lot of the characters are left by the wayside. I don't have any reason to care about DeVita. I don't have any reason to care about Jimmy Yama. Um, uh, you know, there's all these characters floating around there that he seems to want to use but doesn't seem to like enough to make me like them. Right. And he's definitely trying to build his epic with the Hobgoblin, but it just never seems to go anywhere. There's a point where you need a resolution, and this Hobgoblin thing has been going on and going on and going on, and it seems like we're not going to solve anything, and there's nothing that's invested me in the characters to make me see if they do. And that's why I think it's selling poorly, because nobody has a reason to come back every month. Spidey dude, why is it selling poorly? Wow, uh, you know, I do... I'm going to have to agree with Kev. You're supposed uh, to be yeah, pro! I, 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 Don't agree with them! <laughs> well, well... Uh, uh, well, I, I do agree that you got to have some sort of resolution. I'm, I'm thinking probably with this brand new May thing, it's going to be more of a resolution. But, but, I will say this, Kevin, if you had read more into the first series, a lot of the character development for the supporting cast was done in that series. You got to see Moose, you know, when you first read Moose in the very first trade, he's an asshole. He just is. He's this, he's this big, fat, pompous asshole. And he slowly becomes the big, lovable teddy bear you see more in the second volume as opposed to the first. Uh, you know, we see you see a lot of that character development, and and 
that's why I hope. That's why I think you know a lot of people, if they're going to read Amazing Spider Girl, they should read the first trades, at least the first four trades of Amazing of just Spider Girl, because that kind of gets you more immersed in the mythology and stuff like that. That being said, it, it does seem like uh, I, I tell you this right now: if, if Bruta Baker was writing Amazing Spider Girl, it would be a top telling, top ten selling book. The thing is, is the Falco. I don't want to say he's past his prime. But he is showing his age. He's a fantastic writer. I love his writing, but I can see where a lot of people are put off by his overall storytelling. Okay. And you know, well, it before does we move build on to the writing, other. which I'd love to debate, can I respond to what you just said about the character? Yes. yes. <laughs> um. I'm the host, damn it, Spidey dude. I'll say yes or no. <laughs> Jr. Let's break, break up the fight. <laughs> I will... No, 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 no. Let's let him go ahead. Oh, okay. <laughs> Moose was the one point where I was going to make an exception because with the whole Carnage thing, and now he's starting to, uh, you know, kind of blossom as a character because he has a specific point of view. Uh, I would consider him an exception in that we are seeing him develop. But if you're saying that the other characters developed over the course of those first issues, wouldn't you agree that when he relaunched the title with a new number one, obviously trying to pull in new readers, and he keeps on, I've noticed, retreading, telling me things that have happened before to catch me up, it's obviously supposed to be a jump-on point. Mm -hmm. If there has been development to make me care about these characters, shouldn't he be filling me in as a new reader with this new volume? Uh, I guess yes. I guess my next point is, Spidey did, why is Morbius a son of a bitch? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> No, 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 no. I'm he, just you know, kidding. He, he's right. He's right. Oh, you're he, agreeing again. <laughs> no, no, no. no he, he, I, I, like I say, I love the book. I'll, I'll defend it to to the death. Yeah. But he does bring out valid points. There are some weak. And, and every book has weaknesses. Mm -hmm. Every book does. And, and for people to say there's a perfect book, I think there's weaknesses in the Watchmen, and I, and I know that's almost sacrilegious to say, but there is. Yeah. Hey, um, I think looks like ass in the Watchmen, so I'm right there with you. So, I mean, it's just, there's weakness. I, there's there's a geek-ass fanboyness with the Watchmen that everybody just oozing eyes over. Yeah. But, I tell you right now, I, I do wish that DeFalco would spend an entire issue, just an issue, with the supporting cast, taking it, because I, th I felt the Mary Jane issue was a fantastic issue, where he, he took it from Mary Jane's point of view. Mm-hmm. Where you still had all the superhero heroics, but you you got to hear the mom side as opposed to May's side, which you hear all the time. That was good, but I would contend not good enough. I, no. Here I'll throw out another point. Um, should Spider Girl continue if without Defalco and friends? Uh, more of you take it. Uh, I think it depends on who they chose to continue it, because I do think there are writers that could pick it up and really revive the focus and make it a better book but the question is does it have that's a bigger question really does spider girl have a place in current comics and i don't think it does anymore because the reason that i picked up spider girl spider dude said he was surprised that i picked it up to begin with the reason i picked it up was because of one more day I decided that I was, before I read it, I decided that I wasn't going to like Brand New Day, so I wanted to move to some more classic Spider-Man stories that could give me my fix of what I wanted. So I picked up Amazing Spider-Girl, and I picked up Ultimate Spider-Man. Again, I had read Ultimate before, but I dropped it. 
Ultimate I'm sticking with because it's very good. But Amazing Spider-Girl uh, just does not fulfill that. A big part of that is that Peter Parker is a little bitch. And, I mean, <laughs> um, uh, no, I'll disagree with that. I think, <laughs> I think, and especially, I mean, starting this, uh, to give away spoilers, I'm sorry, guys. But if you've not read the issue 19, which on the cover it says 17, but it's really 19, uh, you, you go back to the point where, hey, you know what? May still has a lot to learn. Yeah, she's been through all, I mean, she's been through 100 issues worth of crap. I mean, whether it be nearly losing her life in issue 100 to, you know, fighting Carnage, fighting Venom. She's, go, she's done all that. Fighting the Hobgoblin to a, to a not a standstill, but to a fairly good sizable matchup. It's standing still. Standing still, yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I suppose so. But, you know, you don't see, we don't see enough Peter Parker. Uh, and and I, I feel like we saw a lot of Peter Parker in the first series. We haven't seen a whole lot of Peter Parker in the second series. Now we're starting to see more of Peter Parker. And I think because uh, this month she asked him to start training her again. After she almost gets her ass handed to her by Aranya, who's a D-list character. In my I'd opinion, save, I'd save character. in lower. <laughs> Sorry, I'm the host. I just didn't but, put in my two cents. <laughs> <laughs> but... Okay, I tell you we, right now. We're talking about one issue here, though, that is so far into the new volume that I've already dropped it. So, sure. when we're talking about Peter Parker, though, I understand that he has to kind of, just by the whole nature of the comic, he has to pretty much step aside and let his daughter blossom because she's the star of the comic. But, that whole format ties the hands, so he has to do that, and we can't see him be this hero. And what, you know, Joe Quesada kept saying, go read Spider-Girl, if you want to see a married Peter Parker and Mary Jane. But it, you cannot, you cannot read this comic and want to see anything like the Peter Parker we've come to know. Because the Peter Parker we've come to know, I don't care if his leg gets blown off, he's going to keep on being a hero in some way. He's not going to let anybody else, anybody else, go into danger when he thinks there is anything he could do to protect them. But he can't do that with this comic because she is the star, and that is a flaw in the comic itself because you've got all these fans of this one character, and we can't see that character be who he is. And I know we, it can't be written any differently. That's not a knock on DeFalco. It can't be written any differently. That's an inherent flaw in the comic. Well, I think it can be written differently. And I, and I think – and here's, here's the thing. He, he still is a hero every day. In that he's doing something with the police department, you know, he, it's kind of it's kind of a catch, you know, it's kind of he's come full, full circle, you know, he was wanted by the police as Spider-Man so many times, and now he's one of the, he's one of the people that he was that was going after him, and we don't see that enough, we don't see him and Phil York enough as the police scientist, as I think I think if you really had like a cloak and dagger type thing where her dad was saying, hey, this is what's going on, this is a case that I can't I can't solve, I need you to help me. And him being more part of her life as Spider Girl, then yeah, I think I think it would be a great, great comic. All right, but and and I can go along with that. But you're pointing out for me another flaw in the writing. True. <laughs> True. Uh, you know, DeFalco. I don't. Well, and you know, and here's the thing: it's what you say. You know, I think DeFalco has put himself in such a niche that he can't let. The book grow, and I think I think it I think it does have a place in today's comics. I'm going to disagree with you. All now. right, 
I think it does have a place a place in comics. It it it, it actually. Well, what does that place goes... now that we've gone back to the classic Spider-Man and Brand New Day? We've got nostalgia going oh, out. Oh yeah, but it's the, it's it's not the same. It, it's it's it, you know yeah they've done this massive reboot to to try to try to ape the style that's being written in Amazing Spider-Girl, and I tell you right now. The way they execute, if it had been done so, I mean, you, it just takes away all the character growth. And you see all that character growth in Amazing Spider-Girl. You see what it could, you see the logical conclusion. Peter Parker was always, you know, I, I mean, was the everyman. And, and most everyman get married. Most everyman have a kid. Most everyman raise their children. And that's an extension of who they are. You don't see that. And they're not going, they're going to become, Peter Parker has now become Archie because of this reboot. So... I'm going to disagree with you. It is a natural. It shows you what this should have happened. Mm-hmm. Okay, and, and yes. I agree with the fact that we would like to see what should have happened. But again, the comic is not about Spider-Man. It's about this teenage spider hero and the problems at high school and uh, the friend circle and problems with parents and everything. And what that was, uh, it seems like initially conceived and still locked into the format of is this nostalgia for Spider-Man fans, but especially, let's forget Amazing Spider-Man, when we have something like Ultimate Spider-Man, and you can actually read about the character you love, why would you read Amazing Spider-Girl over Ultimate Spider-Man? Because I have proven to myself with my pull list that I would not. All right, gang, we're we're, uh, getting close to the time to wrap it up for the Skype call and the live caller. So, Morb, why don't you wrap up your final point, sum it all up, and and, uh, Spidey Dude... We'll go to you in just a second. Morb, you want to wrap it up and summarize your your view? Yeah. Um, conclusion would be that I think this is a comic that works too much on nostalgia and yet doesn't deliver on what we're looking for in that nostalgia. I think it doesn't have any sort of an epic scope that should come bring you back every month. So what it would have to do is focus on the characters, and I have not been introduced to these characters well enough and why I should care in this reboot that's supposed to bring new readers in. And I think when you pick up an issue, it's going to put you off if you don't really want to read it, because the teenage dialogue is so bad. I will just sum up with the one phrase, <laughs> feeling loose and slamming heat. <laughs> What does that mean? I saw it at the beginning, I thought it was gone, and then she said it again in Amazing Spider-Girl. He has not grown past his initial worst piece of dialogue I have ever read. So, what? I do not think it is what worth it. What does slamming heat... What, 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 what did you say? What does that even mean? In the very first issue, when she's playing basketball, she says something along the lines of, this is where I feel best, and then she gives the line, feeling loose and slamming heat. See, See, JR, that's my uh, Mackin. I don't get what that means. <laughs> she goes out as Spider-Girl and says the same thing, and then in a, I thought it was over, but in Amazing Spider-Girl, she just recently said it again. And yes, none of us knows what it means because <laughs> it's something that he heard somebody say in the early 90s, and he just isn't in tune. He cannot write teenage dialogue. All right. That that all more? Okay. Yeah, that'll okay. be a good enough. Spidey summer. dude, your your conclusion. You wrap it up. Okay. Uh, you should pick up this book for 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 the simple fact. One, it do have that classic storytelling style, even though it puts off people like Morb, who have basically grown up with 
not, not really grown up with JMS, but JMS is what they're used to. And, of course, it's going to put a lot of people off. But if you, if you read back in the early Spidey issues, you read back, yes, you know, more things than the nostalgia aspect is either is a, it's a bad thing. I think it's a good thing. I think it's, not, it's refreshing because it actually takes us back to what Stan Lee would have created. It takes us back to what comics used to be, and they're not so dark, and they're not so dreary. And, and yes, there is a time for darkness, but we will, you see that there is goodness in every hero, and there's no gray area. There's, no, there's good, there's evil. This is, this is just classic storytelling. Secondly, the artwork is, is phenomenal, in my opinion. And uh, it, it just it reminds me of Ramita Senior, especially in the second volume. On the first volume, it, it just had you know that until tells of Spider Man because it was the same artist. But but this the second volume especially you know Salby Sima and Ron Friends are just two of the f- best artists out there and very underrated in my opinion. Okay. Uh, so it is classic Spidey. It is t- it does take you back. This is what Brand New Day could have been, only even better because it is Peter Parker. This is what the standard should have been for Brand New Day, and and it just you see how how much, you look at this book and you see how miserable Brand New Day is feeling. Okay. All right, that wraps up the great debate, and now it's time to pick a winner. Let's go to Jr. who has been listening quietly on the line. Jr. who I get a vote and Jr. gets a vote, so Jr. you go first. Who who is the winner of the great debate? Hell, I have to give it to Morb. Yeah, why? Oh, <laughs> why? I just thought he made his case better, even though I disagree with I. Even though I disagree with some of his points, I just thought that uh, he was uh, stronger in making his points, and he brought up uh, actually he brought up a lot of valid points that I hadn't thought about, to be honest. So, all right, one vote for more, and that comes down to me, huh? Yeah, it does come down. To me. <laughs> <laughs> this is the one rare time where I'm going to agree with Morbius. <laughs> I'm oh, sorry. My ass uh, I'm so sorry, <laughs> but Morbius, you you did make your points a little bit better, and I and Jr. and I are both big Spider Girl fans, and I disagree yep. with how it's it's not an enjoyable book. I mean, I I don't think Tom DeFalco has passed his prime, but uh, actually, that was Spidey Dude's point, wasn't it? Yeah, <laughs> I can see where people think that. Oh, no, uh, <laughs> screw it! You're really one, Morb. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, and, and uh, more about. I will give you this. You did beat me, and I, I felt I felt like you you delivered a lot better than I did. Yeah. Uh, Thank you, folks. So I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna yeah. I, I'm gonna give props for props. You get the official crawl yeah, space yeah, great debate, uh, no prize. More congratulations. Enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say uh, that. I, I did have in my favor that I'm a lawyer's son, so I've been arguing all my life. That, that actually oh, doesn't God. help you in my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I, I think go ahead, Jr. Going into politics too, and I would just get my ass kicked on a simple. Oh, uh, you're fine. You're fine. You did fine. You, I think, I think <laughs> Morbius had bullet points in front of him on a sheet of paper. I think. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that that did help because I don't have any. I'm, I'm sitting. Here you had a you had a beer. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, I had a okay. coke. I, 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 I didn't yeah. have a beer. Thought about it, but it's too. Jr., early. what were you gonna say? Hey, I'm most of the way well, through Sam Adams here. So. <laughs> I, I tend to agree, though, that I think she has the the title has become. I mean, over time, well, when it first debuted, I really liked its all ages approach because you know too many writers think that by you know writing a cool comic book is all about being dirty and gritty and, and things of that nature. And I liked 
to be honest, I thought this comic bucked the trend and wasn't afraid to tell a nice, neat, simple story. But as the as the comic book ages, the character's not aging. Yeah. And I think that's kind of one of its weaknesses, that it's in that holding pattern where the same types of stories are being told. And, you know, I mean, I think they should use her father more, uh, a little bit more on the police procedural side. Um, you know, there were there's there's like other subplots that have been uh, have been dropped, like when Jake and uh, or not Jake was it not Jake, but uh, uh, the the grandson Jameson yeah. and his buddy Randy Roberts uh, Randy Robertson's son were trying to figure out who Spider Girl was, and they thought that she was this police officer that walked out of the building once. That was a subplot that was never followed up on. You know, so there's like still some dang loose subplots, and, and a certain genericness has kind of taken over the title. And uh, but if DeFalco I do think the title should come to an end. So I'm I'm, de- I'm mixed on that myself about uh, if the title should end. I think they should give it. I like the character so much that I want to outlive DeFalco, but I don't know. All right, gang, we're gonna try a little something different here this time. We usually just read the message board questions and we debate them, but you know what? We wanted to try something different. We wanted to take live callers on this edition, and we've got about four or five people on the line that are wanting to. I feel like a radio show now. Uh, let's start. Uh, let me connect. We've got, if you remember her, Black Cat from uh, a couple podcasts ago. She is on the line, and let me connect. Her right now. This this is all trial by error. Let's see if this works. <laughs> I've never taken a live call on the phone, so we're ringing the black cat. We're trying to connect the black black cat in the house. Hey, what's going on, black cat? <laughs> How are you guys? We're good. We're good. You're our first caller ever. We've never taken calls before. Oh boy. So <laughs> I better do a good job here or I will not be invited back. <laughs> well, what's your what's, what's your question? What do you got for us? Uh my question is regarding the TV series. I I'll have to admit that I've never been this excited about Saturday morning cartoons since 1977. Wow. <laughs> do, do the math. Yeah. <laughs> so what what um I I want to know if anybody else has noticed or maybe it is just me. Do Gwen and Aunt May look alike in terms of their hairstyle and their glasses? And is that a Freudian slip or lisp on behalf of either Sean Galloway or Greg Weissman? Jr., you're into old ladies. Uh, <laughs> you take that one. <laughs> well, I, um, I, 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 I hope you're laptop. meaning Aunt May and not my Oh No, no, no. I meant, I meant Aunt May. <laughs> Well, I l- let me say this: I would hope that at my age, that I was into, that I would be into women who are my own age. So, uh, but I, I but yes, thirty old men out there. Yeah. Done, yes, the, yes, the cat does have a point. They do look remarkably alike. Whether it's a whether it's a Freudian thing or not, I don't know. It, uh, of course, the way Peter was portrayed in One More Day. It does sound like he's got some kind of Oedipus complex if he couldn't let, you know, if he was willing to toss his own wife and future children overboard to save Aunt May. But, uh, but yes, yes, I think the cat is on to something. All right. And Cat, you're not reading the books anymore, I hear. No. No? Did one more day just make, him, make you drop them? Yep. It, 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 I, it just, it just, uh, it just pushed me over the edge. Yeah. Really. So I'm I'm not I'm following it on the board in terms of what's going on, but yeah. uh, once the once the uh, the arc was announced and what it was about, I'm just 100% against Aww. it. Um, 
I I almost wanted to do a whole Marvel boycott in my house, but my husband would not allow me. Uh, <laughs> so we are going to see we are going to go see Iron Man and uh, help Marvel uh, with their movie endeavors. Yeah. Well, well, we missed you on the board. You ought to come back and just say hi often. I must say I did have some activity over the last couple of days. Yeah. And and I had one question for you though. I noticed on your your signature tag. Uh, you you have a black cat in the animation style. Is that what she's going to look like in the cartoon? Because I haven't seen that anywhere. Um, no, I found that purely by accident okay. on the internet. It's um, and I have the I have the tagline of the person who did it, but I'm not sure it's it's that visible. Um, let me bring that up real quick. I think his name is Chad Thompson. Oh, okay, yeah, Galloway I think is the the designer for the cartoon. So. Right, and then I, you know, when I did some further investigating on this guy, uh, Chad, uh, I found on a board someone asked me, wow, are you going to be the guy doing the drawing for the upcoming Spectacular Spider-Man? So this post was a few months old, and the guy said, no, sorry, I wish I could have done it, but it went to Sean Galloway, who's a fine artist as yeah. well. So I, I, I was really excited to find this new black cat because... It's it's a total detour of how people have drawn her over the years, yep. and she looks more like an action figure versus a glamour puss. Right. Not all cleavage, no brains. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And she could totally kick the crap out of you. <laughs> hey, also, while we still have you on the line, uh, did you hear that there's a miniseries coming out of Black Cat? Well, I've been anxiously waiting for that, and I thought that's what Roberto Aguirre Sacasa... Oh, I love it when you say it. <laughs> So it's, all about the, it's all about the tongue, guys. Oh. <laughs> you gotta use your tongue. JR, you gotta did you hear that oh, thump? Okay. JR just passed out on his keyboard. Uh. <laughs> I thought he, I thought I thought he alluded to the fact he didn't like women. My no, age, no, right? he does. Women my age can roll their arms. Oh my goodness! I love taking calls. Uh. <laughs> Anyway, so I've been wait. I, I, you bring up a good yes. point. So I've been waiting and waiting and waiting for it, and you know nothing's happening. So I haven't bought a comic book since um, since Roberto finished up his run yeah. very nicely. He, uh, they um, haven't announced who the writer is, but Steve Weicker, the editor, kind of didn't say so, but he didn't deny it either that Roberto, you know who it is, uh, <laughs> is going to be the the writer of the miniseries. So you may get your wish. You may have Roberto writing a Black Cat story. On this very podcast. Yeah, he said it on this podcast. So, Well, Black Cat, I appreciate you calling in. We've got a few more callers in line, so we'll talk to you on the board, okay? Sounds good. Hey, bye, Black Cat. Care you guys. Bye. Hey. Okay, and I'll now be taking over the show for the duration while Brad <laughs> finishes recovering from the R's. <laughs> I thought it was JR that liked the R's. That was funny. <laughs> uh, All right. That was kind of fun. That kind of worked. That was our first caller. Uh, we've got uh, Sir Dan Dan on the, on the uh, Skype, so let's connect him now. And we're going to add him. Sir Dan Dan from our message board. We're connecting right now. Very exciting. All in progress. Be here. Connecting for Sir Dan Dan. Sir Dan Dan is not in the United States. He's one of our overseas. Uh, Now it's ringing. It's ringing. Sir Dan Dan, are you on the line? I am. Hey, welcome. Now, where's where's home for you, Sir Dan Dan? 
The UK. The UK. Well, awesome. We just you're our second caller. This we're kind of experimenting with the the call-in process. But what what do you got for us, buddy? In uh, JMS did a lot of good during his time as a writer on Amazing Spider-Man, but uh, the um, bad done to end of the run seems to be overshadowing the good in the eyes of in the eyes of the fans. Uh huh. Now, as an MS fan, I'm worried that these events are um, is what his run will be remembered. So, do you think that the end will taint his otherwise well-received run forever? Okay. Um, Morb, you liked or who who's a J, big JMS fan? I, I can't remember. Take, take that. Who is? Yeah. Um, yeah. Go ahead, Morb. You take that I've, one. I've always been a big supporter of uh, JMS, and the thing is, I think his run, especially in the second half of it, was always a controversial run, and I think everybody knew that and was prepared for it, and I think everybody kind of already made up their minds about JMS before we got there. Um, I think Sin's Past was a pivotal moment in his run because it kind of made, bre- uh, made it or broke it for a lot of people. And personally, I uh, I always followed JMS. I always thought he was a great writer, and I think actually after Brand New Day has come along and we're seeing arcs like this terrible freak arc People are going to be looking back at JMS and realizing what he did for the title and how entertaining it was, especially in the first half for, I think, everybody, and and really start to respect that a little bit more. So I, I think he'll come out pretty well in the end, but there will always be the JMS haters. Cool. Well, Sir Dan Dan, we appreciate you calling in, and I guess we'll see you on the board, buddy. Always. Thank All you. right. Thanks, Dan. Bye-bye. Hey, okay, so we've got Sir Dan Dan. Let's see who else we have available to talk. You guys like this? This is kind of cool. Yeah. J- and we found out apparently Skype doesn't like UK very He does much. not like the UK. <laughs> uh, well, I think there's just probably just going to be a lag if we're doing any any overseas people, so we just got to kind of give ourselves that lag. Yeah. Let's see. Let's add Adam Rogers. He is on the board Spidey into Jesus. And it's Sunday, so that that will be quite appropriate. So we're ringing Adam, coming up on Adam. <laughs> it's like when you when you spin the wheel on the on the Price is Right, you're like, come on, dollar, come on, dollar. <laughs> we're ringing Adam. Has anybody watched the Price is Right? I, I I'm in I'm at work. Hey Adam, are you there? Hey. Can you hear yeah, me? what's going on, Adam? And Spidey into Jesus is your handle. Yeah. Awesome. Well, what's your question for the gang? Well, I didn't really have one. You just uh, convinced me to come on and say oh. hi. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, your check. Well, hi, dude. What's going on, bro? Your check's in the mail. <laughs> 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 well, what? I, I've been hosting it. Jr., you throw him a bone. What, what, what do you want to ask Spidey into Jesus? Well, uh, let's see. What would I want to ask Spidey into <laughs> Jesus? The other fact of where he got his name. Yeah, ex- but, explain uh, your handle. That's a good one. There we go. Uh, well, uh, I got the into part, well, and I guess kind of the Jesus from uh, my friend. He he had he did something sort of like that one time when he he had a uh, his email or something was was like his name was Darren. He was Darren into Christ or something like go. that. So I, you know, I like Spider Man. So Spider Boy. Cool. Jesus. When when did you start reading Spider Man? Um, I actually um. Didn't I, I, I watched the '90s TV show? Okay. Uh, whenever they, I used to watch Batman, but then they, whenever they stopped showing it and started and moved it to uh, Cartoon Network, I would find another show to see, and so I watched it, uh, and I found Spider-Man. I thought that was pretty cool. I saw the uh, episode where they, um, they had 
it was the Venom episode, or actually it was not Venom, it was the black costume. Uh-huh. It was, that's saw like the, the end of it where he lost the costume and it went on uh, Eddie Brock and he left in his underwear. Yeah. That <laughs> <laughs> was the first one I saw. I thought, wow, this is amazing. This, uh, this is just as good or better than Batman. Yeah. So I watched it. And it made you a Marvel zombie the rest of your life. <laughs> I still like Batman. Yeah. And, and I like Superman a little bit. Well, how'd, how'd you discover this crawl space? Well, um, whenever I got my iPod uh, last year, when I graduated from uh, high school. Uh-huh. And, uh, my aunt, you know, gave it to me as a graduation present, and so I was just, you know, looking around at iTunes and looking for a Spider-Man podcast. And then you heard uh, Jr.'s sexy voice coming out of your I- iTunes, and you you had to sign it up. <laughs> I should probably heard your voice. Oh, I stole one from you, Jr. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> well, Adam, I appreciate you. What was it? My sexy southern tone? No, What's no. You, you say hey. y'all too much. <laughs> uh, hey, you know See, what? I got y'all, the black cat fur in for y'all. Y'all. <laughs> well, Adam, we appreciate you calling in or, or listening to me and asking you to call in. <laughs> well, Adam, we'll yeah. talk to you on the board, okay? I do read the comments a little bit, though. I, um, I think the first one I, I got was... Um, it was like the annual, uh, the annual or something, the Spider-Man annual. Oh. It was three part thing. I, I just saw it sitting at Walmart, and I was like, ooh, it's a comic book. I'm going to try reading comics. Back in the day when Walmart so stocked comics. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and, uh, Adam, we got a few other callers in line. We're going to say goodbye, and we'll talk to you on the board, okay? Okay. Right. Bye, buddy. Spider-Man. Bye. Bye. Okay. Let's see. <laughs> Spidey into Jesus. Uh, someone, <laughs> someone gonna follow this one up with. Uh, let's see. I've got wombat. I shouldn't be laughing. This is. I've terrible. got. It's all right. Uh, let me add more people to the chat. I want to add. As if I'm not the least coolest mod on the board already. Now my popularity is going to even go further down. <laughs> Mentioned, so I don't want to hear it. Uh, let's see. I've got Wombat. How am I going to get Wombat on the line? Uh, well, usually you just hit that little connector thing <laughs> there. <laughs> oh, you 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 beat me to it, Kev. You beat me to it. <laughs> uh, let's see. Let me hit cancel on this. I need to add Wombat as a friend. I think. Talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> Well, while you're doing yeah. that, I want to add something about what Sir Dan Dan was saying about whether or not uh, JMS's run is going to be tainted by One More Day. Yeah. I, I don't think it is, because I think everybody knows that One More Day was Casada's baby. But uh, the thing about JMS, I think, that, that sticks most in my mind was how he always seemed to fumble the bar- ball at the five-yard line. I was just reviewing Back in Black and uh, was thinking, God, you know, that was actually much better than I remembered. Yeah. And then they got to the fifth part, and it was like, oh, God, here we go again. So, so no, yeah. I, I don't think it's going to be tainted. Yeah. Well, the pro- Back in Black 2, though, was another thing that was editorially mandated, because he said he wanted to move directly from Aunt Megan and shot at the end of Civil War to one more day, and they told him he needed to pad it out with this arc that ties into the black costume in the movies. So I wouldn't call that his fault either, because it shouldn't have been six issues, but he had to stretch out the Aunt May getting shot thing. And I think he did the best he could with stretching that out over six issues. Yeah. Well, hindsight's twenty twenty two. Okay, here comes Wombat. We're ringing Wombat. We all know Wombat from the board. It's ringing Wombat. He's got a little Spidey avatar next to him on Skype, too. 
Dum, 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 I got a question mark personally. You got, <laughs> no, you don't. I see, I see your big <laughs> head. That's, you're the only one with a head on the thing. Oh, you got the nice little uh, record. Yeah. <laughs> what was that? Uh, that was me trying to do like a. That was the Spidey Dude Turntable. Yeah. Brought to you by <laughs> Spider Man Crawl Space Podcast. Mm. But you know what? We don't have him. Let's. He didn't pick up. He didn't pick up. Okay. He's canceled. Okay. He's canceled. on the first live call. I apologize. Let's let's see who else is on the line. You're gonna have to do a lot of editing on this shit. No, you know, no, right? this is going straight to tape. Goddamn it. <laughs> live. <laughs> this is what live this is, is live, like. man. All right, Chris Johnson from the other Spider-Man podcast is on the line. Hey, he has a Doctor Fate. Doctor Fate picture, picture is his avatar. <clears throat> and we're ringing Chris as we speak. And at least, what, three-fourths of this show have been guests on his podcast. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> Chris is ringing. Nobody except for JR. <laughs> He's holding out <laughs> for more money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, I guess the ransom for JR is too high. Yeah, I mean, I, but you guys got paid? Yeah. Shit. <laughs> oh, well, I actually, had, uh, let's see. Wombat now be- wants to talk. <laughs> Tough luck, asshole. I just rang it. Hey, there's Chris. Chris, are you there? No, he's oh, not. <laughs> <laughs> I guess he <laughs> didn't oh. want to talk to our ass. That's classic. So, listeners, is this the best oh, podcast you've ever heard? Oh, man. <laughs> is there a really drunk yet? Come on. Okay, here comes Wombat one more time. <laughs> <laughs> You know, this really does remind me of, like, the Rush Limbaugh show. You what? When they... This reminds me of, like, the Rush Limbaugh show when people actually get through... Wombat, you're on the line! What's up, Wombat? Uh, I'm okay. It's, uh... You're in the UK, too, aren't you? Are you in the UK, Wombat? Yeah, I am. Okay, the other guy sounded just like you. (laughs) 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 Well, what's your question for the board, buddy? Uh... I think he's shooting somebody. What is that? Is that a typewriter wombat? No. We're having Skype problems here. Bear with us. What do you got, wombat? <laughs> Crap. Wombat, what are, you, what are you still there? Oh, dude. Oh, dude. Uh, JR, what'd you do so to bad. wombat? <laughs> Well, you know, he, saw his, he probably saw his face on that on the post a picture thread and was, like, scared away. Okay, Wombat going once. Wombat going twice. <laughs> <laughs> Bye-bye, Wombat. <laughs> and we'll wrap up the show right about there. Don't worry, we did eventually get Wombat on the line. Uh, you got to love technical difficulties. But uh, we did talk to him, and we've got a few more questions and live callers. In fact, we've got another whole hour of it, and I'll post that show Uh, up soon. We have a total of four podcasts this month, so coming up uh, in the coming weeks, we have part two of our talk with actor Josh Keaton, a.k.a. Spidey, and producer Greg Weissman from the Spectacular Spider-Man animated series, so look forward to that, and coming up in May, I'm really excited about this because we have one of my favorite Spider-Man writers of all time, Mr. Roger Stern. He's agreed to come on and talk Spider Shop, and perhaps we can get some insights into what he's bringing to Spider-Man in the future, so if you want to ask Uncle Roger a question, We've started thread on our message board. It's under the Crawl Space 101 section. And feel free to ask a question. We'll read it on the air on our next podcast. So, gang, thanks again for listening and asking questions. I'm Brad Douglas, your host and webmaster of the Spider-Man Crawl Space.com. <laughs>